Hi, friend. Welcome to the Olive Branch Mom Podcast. My name is Bridget Adler, a Catholic mom of four turned religion teacher. Each week, you'll hear interviews, tips, and strategies to grow in faith and find peace in the chaos, while we extend the proverbial olive branch from one spiritual viewpoint to another. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump right into it. We had some crazy weather yesterday and a tornado warning where I'm like, a tornado warning, a tornado warning is like, there is a tornado seek shelter, but like, they're so flippant in these warnings. Cause again, I'm Midwestern trained when it comes to tornadoes. And when there's a tornado warning, like you, you go into the basement, right here. I'm like, there's no tornado. Like there was like, they saw a funnel cloud in like Centerville, which is like 30 miles away from I'm like, that's not tornado warning. I don't know. I was very flippant. I was like, you know, you don't know. You guys don't know tornadoes. Like, please. Once we had a tornado go through downtown Minneapolis when I worked there. What? That's crazy. I know. It, it, you just never know when you're in the Midwest. And plus, I live right on the St. Croix River. So we get strange tornado activity in our town as well. So I'm you do have to kind of listen to the You do have to listen. You listen. Watch. So, you can tell like, there's a watch. Like, let's not yeah. get you know, crazy. Yeah, like, a watch is like whatever, but like a warning is like there is a tornado seat shelter. And it's like, <laughs> Going on the, I'm like, you know, it was only my, this iPhone warning, like going off like crazy, but like, I'm checking my local news. It's only on the iPhone. I'm not seeing a warning anywhere else. (laughs) And I'm like, what is going on? What you don't want for severe weather, conflicting information. It's like, what is really happening here? Well, you know, anything could happen, which is like, it's right? true. You're right. Anything can happen in any moment. Welcome to life, everybody. Did I'm eternally know? surprised. You know, oh. did I ever tell you that story about that when that time that we were at the um, post office, me and Zach and Lucy, when they were super, super little, and there was a pregnant couple in front of us. And I just struck up a conversation because it was a really long line. And they said, well, I asked them what, what, what gender their baby was going to be. And they said, well, we want to be surprised because there's so few surprises in life. You're like, and I really? just was floored because I thought, um, <laughs> I am like, a, I'm surprised every second of the day here. I have <laughs> two toddlers and a baby on the way. Like that was at the point in my life, you know, and every single moment was a surprise. You're like, you learn to, that you don't really have control <laughs> yeah. when you bring in these children into your life. Yes. And you start to learn how to roll with it. And, and everything is surprised. I'm continually surprised every single day. So that's why I always chose to know the gender. Cause I'm like, that's one thing you can know. It's one so. thing you can know. It's true. Well, I think this is a good, I think this is a nice segue into what we're talking about this week. So I know we talked about sort of like prayer meditation and like different practices. So this week, if I'm not mistaken, um, we talked about creativity. So this week, we're going to talk about asking for guidance and asking for signs. Well, and also, I really think some topic. of it is managing your thoughts, right? Yes. Yes. There's definitely. Okay. So we could do a few things. We could do a combo, a combo and do managing thoughts. Um, we do that. Um, or we could go into asking. And I'm totally, I'm up for either one. Well, let's do a combo. Okay. We'll see Because really, to conclude uh, this series of podcasts about the stillness diet, how do we go forward? If we're, you know, after we've completed this sequence, 
how are we going to go forward and manage our thoughts and um, move forward in a positive way, staying in the moment and staying in that uh, recognition that we need stillness, we need time for contemplation. And now that things kind of encroach back again, where we're running on empty and in survival mode again and feeling super, super anxious about it. So I think you hit on something there. So this is the fun part of it. To me, this is, so you've done so much hard work, right? You're like, you're monotasking, you're away from your phone. These are hard impulses to break, but it can break. You can separate from it, right? So you've done that. You are, you know, either you're volunteering less, you're volunteering more, you're being creative, but everyone comes to this with some sort of sense of intention. And sometimes I think people are looking for guidance, right? And you know, on big questions, small ones, um, maybe there's a, a turn their life has taken that they're confused by. Maybe there's a home situation. I feel like well, a good way to describe it is when you reach the end of yourself, it's like no one can really help you. You've maybe talked to a bunch of people for advice and you feel like you're just on a hamster. On, I see like a hamster on a wheel. You're just like spinning and spinning. And you're at a point where you're like, I'm going to have to figure this out. So I want to talk about that moment in life and how using the techniques that you just talked about, um, managing your thoughts and asking for guidance, how you can almost like compass yourself out of whatever value you feel like you're in, right? And it could be, it's specific to everyone and their own individual challenge. It might be something that I'm like, I'm like, really, that's yours, but it, it doesn't matter. I think everyone, when we get I think a good sign is like, think of something that your mind is, has as a repetitious thought or a pattern in your life, pick one of those things. So it's like, you always have this perennial fear and start working through that one, because trust me, there are many more, but this is like start small or big, like whatever. But I think, um, I want to talk about like your advice or guidance to someone that's like, I'm at a crossroads. I feel like no one else can really help me with what I'm struggling with. It's time for like, the universe, God, whatever, to step in and help me navigate my way out. So I want to talk through what that process looks like. Well, I think if you're someone who has repetitive negative thoughts, I mean, it does say in the Bible to think about what is true, what is good, what is beautiful, to think on those things instead of dwelling in the things that are negative. And how this is really realized in your actual life is thought stopping, which is a real cognitive technique in psychology as well. When you, you have to be aware and recognize when these thoughts are popping up and immediately replace them with a different thought, a positive thought, something that is an affirmation, it might be a Bible verse, it might be, uh, I like to remember times where I feel like I thought things weren't going to work out. And then somehow by the grace of God, they did. And these are those moments where you weren't in control and God was in control or you thought for sure everything was going to be a disaster, but you came through it because really the reality is we've all gotten through everything. <laughs> Here we are right now and we'll get through the rest too, right? And you have to think yeah. on your successes and remember the positive things. So really the key is to recognize when you're having these negative thoughts creeping in again and stopping them immediately with something else, because you have to, if you're someone that has recurrent thoughts or racing thoughts, or obsessive thoughts, it really helps to replace them with something instead of just trying to get rid of the thought <laughs> by doing something else. The best thing is to, uh, well, nature abhors a vacuum, right? 
<laughs> so you want to have something replacing it instead of having just nothing, right? Yeah. Or because some people are just not feeling ready to sit in silence or to sit in being quiet. They need to have something in their brain to occupy themselves to focus on, right? So the best thing to do is have something positive, something beautiful, something true, something something that affirms your beliefs or affirms something really good to be thinking about instead of filling it with the negative thoughts. And I really do think that's kind of very old school advice, right? Think about what you're grateful for. You know, like my grandma Kay, who's 99 now, she would just, she's, she's just like the master of taking a situation and saying, well, at least it's not this horrible thing. (laughs) (laughs) She's like the master of being grateful. You know, everything she says is, well, and then this horrible, you know, we were poor and we had this and we had that, but we were grateful for everything Mm -hmm. we had because it was better than nothing or better than this horrible thing that could happen. And then, but on the other flip side, it's, it's not good to be like fantasizing about a horrible things that are going to be happening, but you have to recognize that wherever you're at at life in life, there's somewhere, someone out there that wishes they could switch with you. They wish they could have this be their biggest problem. Yeah. Not to, not to belittle anyone's problems in any way, but there's definitely a continuum. And sometimes having that jolt of gratitude for where you're at and looking around, I mean, people do with gratitude journals all the time. Like a lot of people like to list gratitude out, think thoughts of gratitude is either first thing in the morning or before they go to bed, but you can do it throughout the day. And just in little ways, like even if you're just going to Target and you get an amazing parking spot, that's a moment of like, woohoo, gratitude, rejoice. I mean, we can rejoice all the time over these like little things that normally we would be ignoring, you know, as just parts of life that aren't super spectacular. But I think the more time you spend, personally with me, it's a little easier because I spend a ton of time with children and they're just so full of praise and joy and and they, they're easy to turn to gratitude. I mean, we, in uh, the atrium with catechesis of the good shepherd, there's, we'll sing this thank you song. And when we're at the, um, at the altar of the prayer table and it says, thank you, God, for giving us what, like, what, what does this child want to say that they're thankful for? And they'll say some of the funniest stuff. This one little girl's like pickles. I'm thankful for pickles. I'm like, I am too. I love pickles. <laughs> Girl, I laugh so hard. She's like, um, I thank you God for giving us Walgreens. I love Walgreens. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, but then they'll say things like, thank you for giving us houses. Yes. Thank you for giving us houses. Thank you for giving us, you know, the sunshine. Thank you for giving us mom and dad. And a lot of times they'll just be looking around. So they'll say teachers. So, because, you know, I'm right there <laughs> or, you know, their brothers and sisters. It's just, there's so many things that if you just take a minute and they'll, and look around and stop and reflect on what you could possibly be grateful for. And there is always a ray of light, always a ray of light in the darkness. It's, it's interesting. So, um, I, that's a, I, that's, I think that's a really cool perspective. So, you know, when you are stuck in a quagmire, you, you're in a situation that you're confused by whatever the situation is, um, really almost like 
avoiding, not avoiding the question, but like seeing the higher perspective of what else is going on in your life. Um, there was a time where I was struggling with something and I would just pray endlessly for signs. And what I kept seeing, I would see hawks everywhere. And first I was like, that's weird. Like, you know, I'm right by Washington, DC. I know there are hawks here, but like, this was pretty hard to ignore. It would be like, you know, I'd be walking my dog and like a hawk would land on a lamppost. It would be very obvious, or I'd be driving and a hawk would fly in front of my car. And it got to the point where, I don't know, I started realizing, I'm like, I think this is the, I think this is one of the answers. And I'm like, well, what the hell does a hawk have to do with anything? I was very like frustrated. I'm like, well, that's not, why am I seeing a hawk? And so I Googled it. <laughs> when, and oh I know really what did you to. come up with from Google? I'm getting, I'm getting better at this because I think it's fine to like, if you do see something that's um, say you're praying about something and you're seeing a commonality happen, I think it's fine to Google, but I think it's also fine to really just sit with it and see like, do you think you know what it, what it's telling you? Because if I just saw sat and thought about it, this is before I was like really into the stillness and, and not being on my phone a lot obviously I still do it. But like the point of the hawk is this, get a higher perspective. Hawks have high, they're up, they're circling around. They have a view of what's coming at them. They view what's below, seek a higher perspective. And that answer was so significant because it's getting at what you're saying right now. The thing I was struggling with, I was so focused on it. I did not look around and see the higher perspective, how blessed I was in life, all the things I had, all, you know what I mean? All the great relationships I had, my friendship with you. There were things that I was almost like devaluing because I was so darn focused on solving in quotes, my problem that you get so close to it. You had, I had no perspective. So it's, it was just one of those moments where I'm like, Oh, I think I got a sign. That was like the, one of the first few times I've had others, but that was, it was very hard to ignore. And, um, I just had to think, all the universe around me and God around me for making it so freaking blatantly obvious. <laughs> it's just sort of like, she can't possibly miss this, but I kept missing it. So I think when you're in a situation like that and you're trying to sort of, if you do not manage those thoughts and if you're not able to sort of clear out, um, clear that stuff out, it's really hard for the sign to become like for you to even notice it's there. It's super hard, right? Cause we're so tied into, you know, that mental thought process of like, what do I do? What do I do? How do I, it just spins itself in on itself, right? And it's really hard to open out instead of sort of collapse inward, which is what many of us do. Well, I mean, it's it's very true that we get these little nudges and, you know, it would be nudges of the, from the Holy Spirit is what I believe. And the Holy Spirit is saying, like, you're, you're just talking to someone, you feel this like little nudge to maybe open up a little bit about something personal or something about your own faith. And this is like your time to be a witness for something, right? And then you ignore it. (laughs) And then what happens then? It comes up again. It comes up again. Another nudge in a different situation or a different manifestation of it. Yeah, yeah. And these are like the God moments that we're in, that God's saying, listen, but he comes as like a whisper, a still quiet whisper. He does not come in the raging of the storm. So unless you can be quiet and focused and look around you a little bit through like all these different, you know, just being present in the moment sounds so, oh yeah, just be present in the moment, blah, blah, blah. Well, how do you do that? You know, some of the techniques that we've talked about already, but also maintaining that awareness that we do require a lot more stillness than modern culture 
would let us believe. I mean, we are being filled so much with so much noise and so much distraction more now than ever. And I know even a hundred years ago, people were feeling the same pressure that we are feeling now, but we're in a different league. I feel ever since smartphones became our reality. Yeah. So now we need to cope with what is our actual reality instead of thinking, I wish things were different or oh, in the olden days, this, no, we're in this now. So we need to meet ourselves where we're at. Right. And and so that involves having some accountability for how we're filling our time in a more realistic way, you know, actually looking at how much time we're, we're devoting because quite honestly, we're fighting a losing battle when it comes to screen time. I mean, these devices are manipulating us. And I know that sounds really drastic, but it's true. I mean, we have people that are teams and teams and hordes of people in jobs right now, trying to figure out how to get our attention, our commodity of our attention. And we're just one person out there, you know, encountering the world and not thinking about how things are being designed to be addictive and capture our attention in that way. So really the antidote to that is remembering our own humanity's need for quiet and stillness and rest yeah and incorporating that commandments the sabbath day keep it holy well people think that means oh yeah go to church no um yes well yes but also rest you know even god in the creation story that he gives us in the bible had a day of rest he's saying rest it's it's important people (laughs) you know even in like ancient times like the slaves even rested like they rested on the you know the seventh day and a lot of people take the Ten Commandments and they're saying, well, okay, I'm not lying. I'm not cheating. I'm not committing adultery. So I'm good. But are you resting on your seventh day? Are you keeping yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, yes. Yeah, so it's name in vain. I mean, all of them have the same weight and the same meaning, right? Yeah. And you mentioned this, but it's worth, you know, it's worth discussing. You know, this was a very Christian nation and you had slave owners, mm-hmm. slave holders, that were awful and went to church on Sunday. So like, just because you're resting, um, does that mean you're living your life in a way that's sort of in tune with um, like what's, what spirit would have you do? And who knows, everyone's on their own journey, but if that's worth mentioning too, it's like, there's a lot of Sabbath doesn't have to be there. Well, for me, the Sabbath means a certain thing and for other people it means another thing, but the, the whole point of having the time to rest is to be spending that with your own loved ones, enriching your own faith, spending your time um, doing the things that are going to bring you closer to God, if you're a Christian, or renewing your spirit, if you're not a Christian, I guess, if you want to still maintain the Sabbath as something of importance to you. Because, I mean, obviously, we're in a world with all kinds of diversities of faith. But the Sabbath idea is I think a really beautiful one, you know, setting aside the day to um, like, you can be very plant. I love, I love the fact that there's these markers in our lives, the calendar, the seasons, the days of the week. I mean, they're there because they resonate with us where this is important to our very essence, just like the weather still incredibly affects us. So does the cycle of time that we're in. So if you can have these little markers, they're just such good ways to remind you of what's really important in your life. So if you want to take Saturday as your Sabbath or Sunday as your Sabbath and say, no, this is the day where I'm going to be putting aside some of these 
things that I'm working on that I think are so important in the moment, but really like the dishes or whatever. I know we have to do the dishes, right? I mean, we, we live in a home, we have to take care of it, but the big, you know, pile of like, I'm going to clean up the closet today. Well, save that for another day. Like we're going to set aside one day where we're going to read a book for a while, give ourselves permission to relax and just be, and just enjoy the day. Cause this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. You know, what do we have around us to rejoice and be glad in? What is beautiful today? Like take a walk in nature, reconnect with a, a loved one or a friend, or just spend time looking at, at your child's face for a while and noticing their expressions and their, and the beauty that is there or your spouses or just some old person walking on the street. You know, it's just, that is your day to, to renew your spirit, whatever that means to you and whatever method that you have for that. I think noting that you have a special day for that on top of whatever you're doing on your daily basis I mean, we did, I did practice this for a while when my kids were a little smaller, where I very intentionally got all my work done. And I thought, I'm okay on this one day on the weekend, I'm not going to (laughs) cook. I'm not going to clean. I'm going to, you know, the, what I, what I did to do around that is like, we ate out one of the meals and then I had the other thing was already prepared and we just, you know, reheated it. Right. So that was great. And I, and the pressure was kind of off. However, I took it a little bit too far. So I ended up working myself like crazy on Saturday to prepare for a Sunday of this relaxation. So it really does. You have to strike a balance there, like whatever is a good balance for you. And the only way you can figure that out is actually trying it. And I think you you hit on this, you know, making time for Sabbath, not your religious is one way. If you are looking for guidance, if you have those moments of quiet, you can receive. Um, I think. A lot of people are also frustrated and I've been frustrated too, when you're praying or, or not even praying, you know, you're calling out, calling out to the wilderness and you're like, help, help, help. And you in quotes, nothing is happening. I want to spend some time talking about this because it's, I've been there frequently. I know you have, I know many people have as well. And it's one of the first ways to get really um, discouraged and be like, this is, this stuff is, doesn't exist. It's fake. You get really angry because you think nothing is there. I thought something was there. Nothing is there. I don't want to talk through this. Okay. So I think looking at how you're asking is the first thing to do if you feel like you're not getting a response. Okay. And by that, I mean, what are you asking for? Like, is this a, let's win the lottery. I want this purse. Like just, and I'm not judging either of those things. I'm just saying, look at how and what you are asking for. And the other advice I give is ask for feedback on your asking. If you're not getting a certain answer, so a perfect example for this. So I was going to visit my sister. You remember this. Um, and I was very excited to see her. She was not doing very well. And um, I wanted to make sure that I was there for her birthday. So I wake up the day of my flight and I'm really sick, like a serious cold sick. And I was going to like white knuckle through it, but I was like, I, you know, in my heart, I really wanted to go. So I'm like, set a prayer. I'm like, okay, I need a sign on whether or not I should go. And I like meet up this elaborate sign. My flight was like, what, in a few hours? Like, universe doesn't work that way. It's not Twitter, right? So, so I get so mad, so frustrated, end up having to cancel the flight. And I was just really deeply upset because I just wanted to be there with her. Something was very strongly pulling me there. So Fast forward, I, I recover and I remember talking to you about it. And I'm like, you know, the sign not to go was the cold. 
you should never fly with a cold it is so well, bad i know yes all that is correct however that is the point you see the greater point the greater point is the sign for me not to go on the trip was the fact that i got sick and i'm yes. here i am desperately praying to get an answer i already want so again look for just look back if you're getting frustrated first of all it ask and shall receive it's a thing right you don't even have to believe in any of this to understand that. Plenty of people understand this, like from a cellular level. It's just ask, receive. So there is a reaction. I think sometimes we need to go back and dig through and see what was the reaction. Was it, you know what I mean? Like nothing pings off nothing. If the ask went out there, it probably was answered. You have to come back and spend some time in solitude while talking to your friends by all the things that you mentioned, many, many cups of coffee, right? Thinking through. What happened here, right? And working through everything that that happened. It's a much more benefit. It's going to be much more beneficial to you than to get frustrated, throw the baby out with the bathwater and like continue on, continue on the road that you've already been on, right? It's worth some time coming back and being like, what happened here in a calm way once you're over it, right? It's hard when you're in the moment and you have this strong desire for something to happen, which is sometimes where a lot of prayer comes from is like the, I wrote a Psalm in my head prayer, like, Oh Lord, like I'm really happy. Like, I think all that's fine. But like, once you're out of the crisis to go back and be like, what was happening here? You know what I mean? Like, what was I really asking for? What were my desires? And maybe that can give you a bit of a hint as to what the response was that maybe you didn't see before. Well, I mean, it does, it says in the Bible that if it is in God's will, he will give it to us. So there's things that are in God's will for us just not right now, maybe later, <laughs> because we, we can't know everything. I mean, we are not eternal. We are not beyond time. We can't see the big picture. And quite honestly, if people are real with, you, with themselves, we have a hard time seeing the big picture just here on earth in our it's little true. own home. It's true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, we are limited individuals. And I think people really bump up against that in their, um, you know, in this whole like, modern relativism kind of thing where it's like it's me and I'm all important and everything I think is right or it's not because it's whatever I decide yes. so uh following my bliss and yellow and all that stuff and it's like okay yeah. well you know we're still limited and it's uh, that's okay we're always going to be not perfect <laughs> yeah. and we're, we can't exist beyond time we we really struggle with the concept of time and space and these giant distances it's like you know that's only natural and that's okay so and the idea that we can't always see the big picture is really important because when you look back on your lifetime and you will you'll have these moments of reflection if you're anything like me and you will like oh I wish I had a do-over on that or what if I had chosen this instead and oh you know I, I used to absolutely love choose your own adventure books when I was a kid yep, same yeah <laughs> Those are so fun. I love to play with like different scenarios. Like what if I had done that? And then what would my life be like? And then you, you think about like all that stuff, but then would you really give up what you have now for that? And where can you see how things were redeemed or things were worked out and things that you thought weren't going to happen a certain way or things that you thought were important then are no longer important now? You know, because we, we know ourselves in a certain way, but even as much as we can know ourselves, God knows us even more. And you know, if you're honest with yourself, 
you can only know yourself so much. I mean, here we are in these bodies. We do these things. Sometimes we're aware of them. Sometimes we're just blind to our own tendencies. I mean, just think about your own face. How often do you see your own face? Not very often, (laughs) really, compared to everyone around you. So, you know, and I'm learning this by doing these reels on Instagram of what I look like when I'm talking. Like, (laughs) I had no idea what I look like when I have all my facial expressions (laughs) when I talk like. (laughs) Let's be real. We are very, very limited in our own self-knowledge, no matter how um, elevated we think we are, how much time we spend. I think you're onto something. The other thing I like, I like about the stillness diet and this type of way of living is when you tapping into knowledge. So my, again, I don't, I'm not religious now, but I do believe, and I believe strongly that all of human experience is unbroken and that you can tap into intelligence anytime you'd like to it's access. You can access it whenever you'd like. And the nice thing about that is you don't need your smartphone. You don't need it. You know, you can, of course you can do all these things. You can talk to friends. You can do this, you can do that, but there's something to be said for like lighting a candle, being quiet by yourself and inviting in. What do I need to know? you will get an answer. (laughs) You will get an answer and you are able. And if you don't, that might be an answer too. And what I love telling people about this, I'm like, this is, you realize the superpower you have, like you don't need, you know what I mean? You don't need anybody else to tell you how how to feel about something, what what to do about something. Like you really can be in touch with your own intuition. And the more you flex that muscle, the stronger it will become. And that is something that no one can take away from you. And as, as dramatic life changes can be, and the very, very serious chaos of our daily life to have that strength within you. And I think, you know, Paul talked about this, the piece that passes all understanding, like there's so many good examples of people having this in their life and being like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing. Like I have this, I have this spirit and it's always with me and it comforts me. And I'm I'm calm in, in situations that are really uncalm. And I notice after having done the stillness diet, you know, trying to do it as much as, you know, is good for my personality. I have now I'll have fights with people and I realize that I'm not getting upset or someone will say something meant to hurt. And I'm like, I, it's almost like I doesn't, it can't hurt anymore. It's this very weird feeling. And I've never felt this before in my life. And I think to myself, I must be getting somewhere because I'm, associating less, I guess, with ego, I still have it obviously, but it's happening less. And I think to myself, what a superpower to not take things personally. And and slowly I'm able to, to access that deeper knowledge, which to me is God's not like big, big G God, like Yahweh knowledge of like every, every human existence on the earth from the time that there was life or consciousness to now And it's just really freaking cool. I just want people to know that like, you don't, you don't need anyone else to do this for you. It's something that's deeply personal. And the more you do it, the stronger it grows. Well, it's interesting to think about how you're talking about this um, wellspring of, you know, human intelligence that we're all kind of drawing from, because when you think about what we've inherited from our, you know, life as humans from this long unbroken chain of ancestors. I always like to think about how fascinating it is that people ever figured out how to make cake. (laughs) Okay. Now let me explain. First of all, we had to start eating eggs somehow, (laughs) right? 
how do we start? We probably saw some animal eating the eggs, right? But then yeah. we figured out the, how to heat them up and they did <laughs> transform. And then we also figured out how to mill flour to the fine point that we have now is just miraculous. We, and then the baking soda and the sugar, and that has all been crafted and it's just tools. These tools yeah. are available to us now effortlessly, yes. yeah. but they were developed over a millennia. <laughs> and they I were. super fascinating to think about eggs just in general and like the, the pleats in the chef's hat for all the different methods of just preparing one simple raw ingredient. So let me ask you this. This is something I'm curious about. Have you ever done something or picked up something where you had an innate about what that thing was with very little training? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I have. That's really interesting thought to think about. What about you? So I don't think the answer is like, oh yes, I'm a genius at X, Y, Z. But I noticed that there are certain things that I pick up much quicker than others, almost like I've done them before. And I have moments like this where I'm like, where is this coming from? You know what I mean? Like for me, writing is one of those things where it's like when I'm writing my fiction, when I'm writing, working on stillness diet with you, um, I tend to just be in the flow. Maybe this is just creative flow. I tend to just like be able to pick it up very easily. And I, I just wonder to myself, like, where did that come from? No training no. that obviously I've practiced a lot, but it's almost like, um, again, this concept of like, I think of it when I see, so, you know, when like two films are made at the same time, it's like, well, how did two people completely separate from one another on this planet get this idea for this very similar concept. And I've seen it in my own fiction writing too, where I'll write about something. Nothing's ever really new <laughs> anymore. There's nothing new under the sun, but I think it's no. interesting because it's like, that's what I see these things. And I'm like, there really is this intelligence that's out there that is just feeding, feeding. And if you are open to receiving, you receive it. And I just think it's cool thinking about the things like with you quilting and crafting and you know what I mean? Like, just seems to be something that like, yeah, I kind of know how to do this. I'm not sure why, but I know. Well, right. It's kind, of, it's kind of interesting when you consider yourself, your subconscious, because we are being exposed to things all the time. They're yeah. creating this kind of network within our subconscious that we are not going to recall. I mean, I kind of think about it like uh, when you learn a foreign language in high school and you learn, like you were able to do, you know, you knew some vocabulary, right? And now you're not using it. So you can't really remember it. But the second you get exposed to it again, you're like, oh yeah, I remember that word. It's yeah. just, it feels like it's coming out of nowhere or just things like that. But it's, this is kind of like the web of our subconscious. We are being exposed to things. And then that meets up with talent, with skill and talent. I mean, cause I really, well, actually, let me just re rewind on that. Cause I think there's skill. And then I think there's natural talent, these gifts that we have. So skill is something that can be built with experience and training and you can be skilled and talented, or you can just be one or the other because <laughs> some people, you know, you just see it in your own children when it comes to like, um, like someone could be drawing and you're like, wow, like that, you just have natural talent. And, and it, it, it resonates with people in different ways because I really think there's people out there that they just take the ball and they run with it and they can immediately run way farther. And you can take the ball and run with it. And after many weeks of training, you can also achieve close to that. So, I mean, that I think is another, that's, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but it's basically the difference between skill and talent because people will say, because they'll see something that I sewed or something that I quilted or whatever else. And they'll say, wow, you're really talented. 
like, well, anyone can learn how to sew if they really want to, because I personally believe that there's a way for someone to learn anything. You just have to figure out that way, that method. And you can learn something and you can develop a proficiency, some level of skill. But then what makes it move to the next level is that added magical piece of a gift, a gift of talent, right? So you see this in people that are looking at Olympic athletes or whatever. I mean, they have this drive built based on talent that also has met with this preparation, this intense dedication of one's life. And it's kind of fascinating when you think about (laughs) composers or Mozart or, you know, like all these different people that went before us and just were so driven to create. Yeah. So driven by the spirit of creativity and they had a voice and they had this talent that just could not be suppressed yeah we all have our own little gifts and talents that cannot be suppressed yes (laughs) let's let's talk about that for a little bit so when it comes to sort of receiving I think everyone has the ability to receive it some of us um we have different ways of doing that right so um just just talk about that so when it comes to receiving um some people can um dream Dreaming is one of those things where it's like, if you ask for a dream, an answer in a dream, you will get it. Like I've had, I, I can, I can have very, very, um, significant dreams. They're not always easy to interpret, but I definitely like that sign and that message can come through in a dream. Um, conversation with people I think works, um, diary and journaling, I think is another one where you can sort of like get into a method of just writing, writing, writing and seeing like what comes out. Some people will hear something where it's like, you ever have this thought that pops in your head and you think that's not from me, almost like a whisper, like, Hey, you should blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, where'd that come from? That wasn't like my, my shopping list. I'm thinking about my shopping list and something's in my ear telling me to call so-and-so I've had that happen with people when it's like, Oh, I, I thought of you. And they're like, Oh, it's my birthday. I'm like, Oh, okay. So it's like, some people can hear things. Some people can like have images in their mind show up like a little, and I think what we do, what we go into in the book a little bit is like explore, think of a time in your life where you feel like you are being, you are perceiving things. Um, and how are you perceiving them? Because again, if you experiment with this and say, you're like, I'm just a dream person. I asked for my guides and my dreams and that's where it comes up. Like, that's great. But like, find the way that you feel like spirit and God talks to you the most. Maybe it's, um, you know, during you know, people going to mass, like really early in advance and just preparing them. Maybe that's when, like, maybe it's solitude. Maybe I think exploring this a little bit, I think it's worth it because a, you, you understand a little bit more about yourself and your extrasensory perceptions. You're like, wow, I didn't realize I was so freaking clairvoyant, but whenever I ask for an answer, I see it in my head or I hear a voice, or maybe that's not you. And you see lots of feathers or you see things, you see signs or symbols, but I think it's worth sort of like cataloging you in your past and just saying like, what have I noticed in my life when I feel like I've gotten nudges? What were those? What did that feel like? Did it feel like a friend calling me? Did it feel like a voice in my head? Did it feel like a thing I'm seeing in my, in, in my, you know, extra sensory, or did I have just a sense of knowing, you know, we all have those moments where it's like, I felt it in my gut that this was the right thing to do. Or I felt it in my gut that I shouldn't be scared. I feel like these are all signs that are coming, right. That are coming to you and making note of them by journaling, talking to people or just like looking back. I think again, it's cool. Cause you're like, cool. This really works. 
And then being aware of it just helps it grow. Cause then when it happens the next time, you're like, oh, that was a sign. I could feel it. Like I heard that voice or I saw that image that's significant to me in some way. So can you think of things or or skills that you think you have that you've been able to sort of pick up when it comes to you and sort of like asking, asking God for a sign or in prayer, asking for sort of like confirmation of something? Well, I can't really think of anything super specific right the second but I do think that the times that I remember to ask the Holy Spirit to guide me or to speak through me or to work through me in situations where I'm not sure of what I want to say or how I want to proceed or um like for instance even if you're just going to meet with somebody to talk about something you know like a work meeting or whatever else you could you can take a minute to pray and say, God, make this meeting fruitful, help us to communicate, let your Holy Spirit guide us. I mean, even yesterday, I met with a lady at um, a church to talk about um, some of the children's ministry stuff we're doing. And she's like, well, let's just stop and pray before we get too far along. <laughs> and it, like, it just, just, you take a moment and you ask for God and the Holy Spirit to be present. They are present, but to really enrich the conversation and help guide it. So, because I really think that if you're looking for signs, if you're looking for answers, if you're looking for guidance and you want to reach out, the, the intention of reaching out in a positive manner and setting that intention is really important because you don't want to have messages creeping in that are not good. For instance, you know, what is, when you hear it's like an inside little thought or a feeling or, um, somebody in your head saying something of condemnation, something that is of shame, something that is like, you're never going to be good enough. Those kind of thoughts and feelings, those are not of God. The Holy Spirit is there to convict us in a positive way to say, Hey, you know, um, yeah, you could have done better there. And now you're going to, you're going to go forward in this positive way. And, you know, in a, in a truthful manner of conviction, it's not there to condemn. So if you're hearing, hearing messages of condemnation or messages of shame or negative repetitive thoughts that seem intrusive, you need to replace that immediately with the positivity that comes from, um, you know, it says take all thoughts captive to Christ in the Bible. So how do you do that? Well, you remember what God's promises are. You remember your faith in this, you know, this God that is all powerful. And you remember that you are this beloved child, this, you know, loved individual and that Christ has already conquered the world. And you need to lean into that and remember that, you know, whatever negative things that you're hearing, sometimes, you know, that can be something very insidious that you don't want to keep going down that path. So, you know, cause I just need to say something about when people feel like they're going to open themselves up to hearing messages, sometimes you can get, you're not going to hear necessarily all, all the good stuff too. Like, yeah. I think the intention is to hear the voice that is of the Holy Spirit as of the higher power of God. And it's going to be always steering you in a positive direction. Yeah. And I would say, if you don't believe in God, you can just still ask for something that's positive and from the light right? If you're comfortable with that sort of terminology and it will protect you just the same. The sun shines on all of us, right? doesn't matter if you believe in it or not. 
I think that's a good point. And again, if you are, when you open it up, you know, imagine you are a light bulb at that point, right? Most of us go through life, it's dimmed, it's off or on the dimmer switch. When you start living this life and you're like, I'm ready to receive, to your point, you will receive. And it might not be things that are maybe of a great intent, right? Because I don't, I don't think there's a distinction, right? So if you make that, if you make that qualification, like, hey, as I sort of ask for this, I'm going to ask for guidance for my highest good. I'm going to ask guidance for the light. I'm going to whatever you want to invoke your higher power. You should, you certainly should. Um, you can, you can ask for Archangel Michael. You could ask like, like, there's a whole host of options when it comes to sort of like ensuring protection. This definitely, I think it's worth noting because when I was asking for dream guidance and dreams, I would, I started having some really disturbing dreams. And then I started being really careful and now I'm like, okay, when I get guidance and dreams, it needs to be from a higher power. It needs to be this and that. And then it stops. So it's like, again, asking you shall receive, but be careful how you ask, make sure not careful because that, you know, there's no reason to be worried. Just set your intention. This can help. In this can hurt you. Set your intention and don't let it scare you off. Right. It's like, you know, Again, this is, you have free will here in this life. You are the one in control, period, period. You just stipulate, this is what is allowed to be in my space. This is what is not, and you're good to go. Well, I definitely agree on that um, Mm -hmm. about, you know, setting this intention and this boundary and letting in the light, not any of the darkness. Um, And we need so much light right now, right? And I'm feeling very full of light because it's actually sunny today. And yeah. <laughs> even though we have snow, it's reflecting off the snow and it's, it's reflecting off the snow. It's making it more light. Yeah. I have hope that tonight like, we're going to be able to spot the space station. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. Um, if you go to the NASA website, you can sign up for reminders to, um, they'll, they'll text you what time and what direction based on your own location you can spot the space station traveling overhead and for the last couple of nights i've gotten the notification but it's been super super cloudy and i just that's usually what happens window, and i'm noticing there's not a cloud in sight so if i get a notification today woohoo it's on i need to sign up i need to sign up for that so i'll send um, you the link it's, spot, it's actually it's spot the station.nasa.gov okay we just i remember correctly and, I, and I'm, I'm kind of using it right, or I'm kind of not using it right. But if I have something to point at in the sky, usually we are felled by the same thing. Usually it's like incredibly cloudy. And they're like, you can see Jupiter tonight. I'm like, I can't see crap tonight. All I see is like a milky white sky, but hopefully one of these days we'll be able to actually use. So we've been using the telescope to look at birds. Cause that's <laughs> yeah, that's what I used to do when I was a kid too. Yeah. However, you can sign up to spot the station in the AM or the PM. So if you're going to be up, you know, if you're a morning person, you can go for that. Cause some of the, the later notifications at our time, it's like nine or yeah. t- even closer to 10 PM. If you're an old lady, like me, you to bed at I'm, old lady. You're like, I'm, not, I'm not going outside in the cold to spot this. And they'll say no, like, oh, that's more you know, nine minutes or it's visible for like two minutes. So you really have to be on top of it. <laughs> well, I will take a look. And then um, next week, do you want to do closing thoughts on stillness diet? Sure. Yeah. Conclusion. Conclusion. How do we use this in the future? How do you, do you live like a monk for the rest of your life? How can you bring back things that you like? Like, how do you sort of, where do you go from here? 
Yeah. How do you, how can you draw a balance now that you've raised your you draw balance? of yeah. being in the moment and the need yes. for stillness? Like, how do you, how do you draw that balance? Which is yes. a really good question. So yep. love it. I can't wait. I'll be back with another episode in one week. In the meantime, check out more content on olivebranchmom.com and follow me on Instagram at olivebranchmom. Check out my show notes for links to both. Thanks for listening.